Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are beginning, or not beginning, continuing our series on Awake, O Sleeper. So as we did last week, I invite you to join with me. Awake, O Sleeper, and rise from the dead. Let's do that one more time. And if you're at home, and you, again, if, you're, if you are watching online on Facebook or YouTube, please type that in so, so that this comes up over our feed. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, sometimes we are asleep. And, and sometimes we are wide awake, and, and what we see around us feels like just a horrible dream or a horrible nightmare. So, Lord, we just ask that you awake us from our sleep so that we may fully live as your disciples to let your light shine upon each and every one of us so that we may then go out into your world proclaiming the goodness of God. So we ask that you allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So I have been looking forward to 2021. I think probably a lot of you have been looking forward to 2021 too. And I admit, um, Wednesday the 6th, Tracy and I, we were uh, getting ready for work and everything. And I said, you know, this year's uh, turning out to be uh, fairly a whole lot better than last year. Because, I mean, if, if you remember at the beginning of 2020, well, Australia, I think almost all of Australia caught on fire, right, John? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of fire in Australia. Uh, we had uh, the, the strike on uh, Suleiman from I- Iran, and, and I think that was like the 3rd of, of uh, January that there was talk of possibly war happening. And then there were some other events that had happened, and, and by the 6th of January, I thought to myself, this is pretty good. And, and then everything that happened on the 6th happened. And then uh, I started to see these memes start to pop up on, on Facebook, memes like, like these right here. I'd like to cancel my subscription to 2021. I've experienced a free seven-day trial, and I'm not interested. Did you all see that? If you're on Facebook, did you see that one? Okay, and then there was this one. Well, it was a solid five days. Here's the 2022. You know, sometimes life is just like that. But, but, but here, here's what I want to say right now. 
I am still looking forward to this year. I am still looking forward to this year because I see this as an opportunity for us to really focus on what it is that God has been calling us to do from, from the beginning of time here and right now. You know, I, I, I thought after Wednesday, I thought about, about just kind of scrapping this sermon and, and scrapping this sermon and, and doing something totally different. But the more that I thought about it, the more that I realized is that the series that we have going on right now is the series that we need as God's people. We've been talking about awakening since Christmas. You know, we, we talked about having a different focus in, in, in the Christian New Year starting in Advent, and, and that focus still continues. But I think the thing that, that, that will help us move through this, and, and honestly, I believe that the thing that will, will fix what is going on around us is that we continue to need to fix our eyes on Christ and, and have the person of Jesus Christ be who we are focusing on and allow him to guide us and lead us. And this week we continue that series by, by taking a look at how do we set our hearts and minds on Christ and, and how setting our hearts and minds on him will help guide us and lead us through these days. So our scripture for this morning comes from the book of Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and I invite you to follow along as the words will be on the screen. Hear these words from Paul. He writes, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Our world is filled with setting our, our hearts and our minds on things of this earth and not on God. Dallas Willard, who is a theologian that I have had the honor and joy to read a lot of recently, he had this magnificent quote that I think that really gets to where we are right now. He says, wherever your mind goes, the rest of your life goes with it. Wherever your mind goes, the rest of your life goes with it. Think about that for a moment. Think about how true that is. When, when, when you get caught up in, in, in the news cycle, when you get caught up, when you realize that all you're doing is, is looking at, at social media stuff, when you get caught up listening to the radio or, or things like that, and, and that becomes your full focus, you can start to see how, how your life 
starts to follow that also. And, and it doesn't matter whatever you hear, what, what else you hear out there, that is what you hold on to and, and, and grasp a hold of because, well, that's what you're filling your mind with day after day after day. It's a time to wake up. It's a time to, to, to put that aside, and again, as Paul reminds us, to set our minds on Jesus Christ. You know, over the past week, and honestly, over the past several months and years, in years, it has been playing out where we see people focusing their hearts on minds on a political agenda or, or, or setting their, their hearts and minds on, on, on something that, that builds them up and, and totally ignores other people. And when we see that, we get the fruit of what happened last Wednesday. In the scripture this morning, we're giving two separate occasions for us to, to correct the way we think about things. Paul talks about it twice. First, he says that we set our hearts on things above, and then we set our minds on things above. That, 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 that both of those things are, are so important that, that our heart can be lost chasing these dreams that do not fulfill and our mind can be wandering on, on things around us that both, all that we are, our full focus needs to be set on those things above or set on who Jesus Christ is. So, so the question may be, what are things above? It's easy to say that we need to set our hearts and minds on things above, but we don't know exactly what it is. My friends, those things above all pertain to the beauty of who Jesus Christ is. That's what things above are. It, it, it's not about chasing what, what we want to have in this life. It, it's not about trying to make sure we are ahead and others are left behind. It is all about pertaining to the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those come in many different ways. First, one of the, the, the biggest things above ideas that we have is that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You may be familiar with one of my favorite passages in Romans, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, where Paul writes, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor either angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To, to, to have that promise, to, to be able to set our minds on that thing above, to know that that thought is something that, that can guide us and lead us, 
that it doesn't matter what happens in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter what happens in Austin, Texas. It doesn't even matter what happens down at the county courthouse. All of that thing can happen, but we know that there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Kind of talked about that last week, didn't I? Sometimes we have this, this false narrative that we just aren't good enough. But my friends, you are good enough. Not because of anything we do, but because of who God is. How he continues to come to us when we are in the depths of degradation where we feel like that we are so low. Jesus came so that we may have life and have life abundantly. And because of that, that brings us to another sacred thought or, or things above thought pertaining to the beauty of Jesus Christ, and that is that you are of sacred value and worth. And we know this because of how the, the entire scripture begins. In Genesis 1, 27, God created man in his own image. He created us in his image, male and female. He created them. It reminds me of the whole, uh, I think it was old bumper sticker that I know that God loves me because God doesn't make any junk. It doesn't matter who you are or how you feel, God loves you and it gives you particular promises and particular tasks to continue to follow. This Sunday, uh, besides being the first full Sunday after Epiphany, is a Sunday that we celebrate the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and at times, we would normally have a baptismal covenant uh, remembrance service, but we didn't do that this year because of the whole pandemic. But I wanted to remind you that through our baptism, we are reminded of the sacred worth that we have and, and what we are called to do as God's children. We had a baptism right before the end of the year, a little gentry, Krug, and, and I asked his parents these questions during the 11 o'clock service, and I remind you and ask you these questions today. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And then the final question is, do you confess Jesus as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened. And here, this part reminds us of the sacredness of all of God's children has opened to all peoples of ages, nations, and races. See, see we open that up to remind us that God doesn't make junk. We, we say that to remind us that, that God's love and grace has been poured out on us because 
we are valuable and sacred. Just like the beginning of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, where we hear these words from God, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I have appointed you a prophet to the nation. My friends, because we are of sacred value and worth, and because of the work that God has already done in our lives, each and every one of us are called to be a prophet, to point out where there is injustice, to point out where there are spiritual forces of wickedness, to, to make sure that we share the good news of Jesus Christ to all people so they may receive the goodness that we have. There are so many other, other things above thoughts that are out there, but I wanted to end with this particular thought, that the kingdom of God is unshakable, and the kingdom of God is not in trouble. Hebrews 12, 28 says it this way. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. See, the kingdom that we have isn't a kingdom of this world. The kingdom that we have is a kingdom from God. And when we set our hearts and minds on that unshakable kingdom, we know that we can move through 2021 with, with the promises that, that our hearts and minds will be awakened from what God has for each and every one of us. Now, the thing about the kingdom of God it can get us to start thinking about power and how do we live out that power. But see, power in the kingdom of God is totally different than the power that we see in the world around us. The power in the kingdom of God comes from the person of Jesus Christ. Who in Philippians chapter 2, 6 and 7, we, we hear that he being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. See, the acts of power that we see going on in the world today, they pale in comparison to the power that we receive through Christ. And that power that we receive through Christ is because we lay our lives down. We, 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 don't, we don't study war. We don't try to, to one-up somebody else but we look at each other as beloved children 
of God. And we live in that promise. So, a question may be, what is it that we can do? My friends, we stand firm as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we pray. So, as we think about how we pray, I have an invitation for you. Watch this video. On September 23rd, 1857, a lone businessman sat quietly in a church at the corner of Fulton and William Streets on the island of Manhattan in New York City. His name was Jeremiah Lanfear. He was a lay missionary for the Dutch Reformed Church. Responding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he put together and distributed a flyer which read, A day prayer meeting is held every Wednesday from 12 to 1 o'clock in the consistory building of the North Dutch Church, corner of Fulton and William Streets. This meeting is intended to give merchants, mechanics, clerks, strangers, and businessmen generally an opportunity to stop and call on God amidst the perplexities incident to their respective avocations. On that Wednesday at noon, the 46-year-old Lanfear sat alone until he was joined by one other a half hour later. Following, a few others joined, bringing the total to five souls. The following week, there were 15, and week after that, 40. Within a month, there were over 100 gathering for this Wednesday noontime prayer. Soon, they were meeting daily at noon in churches across the city as thousands were joining in. By the end of the year, these prayer meetings were popping up in other cities across the nation. A newspaper reporter published the following on the phenomenon. Anyone comes in or goes out as he pleases. It's the rule of the place to leave at any moment. All sects are here, the formal stately churchmen and the impulsive Methodist who cannot suppress his groan and his amen. The sober, substantial Dutchman and the ardent Congregationalist, with all Yankee restlessness on his face, the Baptist and the Presbyterian, joining in the same chorus and bowing at the same altar. They prayed for an awakening of souls, friends, family, co-workers, and neighbors by name, and their prayers were answered. Historians estimate that as many as one million people came into saving faith as a fruit of their sowing and prayer. Many since have tried to emulate their strategy with varying degrees of success. Rather than their strategy, we must come to own their mentality, one of simple obedience and sustained action. The progeny of Jeremiah Lamphere persists in every generation May we learn to recognize humble obedience and join their call as we, together, learn to sow for a great awakening. So starting this Wednesday, the sanctuary will be open from, from 12 to 1. Of course, where we are right now, 
please wear a mask when you come into the sanctuary. Please find a place to, to kind of distance yourselves from other people that are in here. But it, it's not to try to, to mimic what Lamphere did, but to have that faithfulness. To know that God calls us to prayer. And if you can't be here Wednesday from noon to one, then I invite you to wherever you are to join us in prayer. Now, I know, as I mentioned before, the worship service, the sanctuary will probably be closed for a couple of weeks due to the, the work that will be done fixing the roof. We'll, we'll move the prayer time somewhere else on campus, but we will continue to, to, to open our, this place for prayer so that we can pray for one another, so that we can, can pray for our church, for our community, and for our world. Just as Jeremiah Lamphere wrote in his flyer, the meeting is intended to give merchants, mechanics, clerks, strangers, businessmen, and women generally an opportunity to stop and call on God amidst the perplexities to their respective advocations. To take a moment to set your hearts and minds on Christ and on those things above. Let us pray. Oh God, as we continue to move into this new year. Let us not abandon the year because of a week, but, but open our eyes and awaken us to see you in the midst of the work around us. Help our souls to rise from the dead and, and awaken us so that we see that you are shining on each and every one of us so that your grace may be proclaimed and so that more and more hearts can turn to your love and mercy. So Lord, I lift up this congregation to you. I lift up this community and God, I lift up our country and world to you too. Allow the ability to awaken our souls to see who you are and reject the evil and the negativity that is around us so that you may be proclaimed, so that you may be high and lifted up, so that we may then go and serve our neighbors just as you have served us. And we pray this in the name of the one who loves and cares for us, Jesus, our Lord. Amen.